Buenos dias y bienvenidos. Good morning. Welcome once again to Tiempo. I'm Joe Torres. And on today's show, a small business boom fueled by people of color across the country and Latino entrepreneurs are at the very center of that growth. How is this happening? Well, the Small Business Administration has taken significant steps to increase access to capital programs. And Latinos, by the way, are taking advantage of the access and the capital. We'll talk to the SBA's regional administrator. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Right now, though, we take a closer look at the chaos and unrest in Ecuador. The South American nation has been plagued by a wave of violent attacks. Recently, armed gunmen stormed a live television broadcast as the nation watched in horror. The attack on the station is just part of a wider pattern of violence, much of it sparked by a top gang leader's escape from prison. New York, as you know, is home to many Ecuadorian Americans, many of them in Queens. Eyewitness News reporter Lindsay Tuckman went to Jackson Heights. A taste of Ecuador in Jackson Heights. Rene Barzola is the owner of Barzola's Restaurant, a popular Ecuadorian eatery on 37th Avenue. Today, though, he has his family in Ecuador on his mind. Little by little, they have been getting visits from, um, I, I don't know how to call them, terrorists coming in, all right, you guys don't want us to hurt you, pay us a fee, we'll keep going. And then if you don't, they come back, they hurt somebody, shoot somebody, blow up the place. It's just a tragedy with what's going on. That's really scary. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. Ecuadorian President Daniel Noboa has declared a state of emergency as criminal groups took more than 100 prison staff hostage, armed men interrupted a live television broadcast, and more acts of violence. New York is home to 35% of the Ecuadorian population in the U.S., with a majority in Queens. So customers at Barzolas, who are worried about their loved ones, are glad to have this community. It's a very dangerous place now, Luis Peña says. Ecuador is going through a crisis right now. Byron Canepatin left Ecuador just three years ago and is hopeful. I hope everything comes more secure over there so my family could be safe. I don't want to be afraid in my own country. So. And for Rene Barzola, he hopes those enduring the violence back home know people are supporting them. We're here with you and we want to... We, we support whatever is going on right now, whatever help we could get, and we stand strong with you guys 100%. Thank you to Lindsay Tuckman for that report. Joining us this morning, our good friend here on Tiempo, Francisco Moya represents parts of Queens on the New York City Council. He is also a proud Ecuadorian-American who has monitored the unrest in his home country. Feliz Año Nuevo. Welcome back to Tiempo. Thank you for having me, Joe. Thank Absolutely. Currently a 60-day state of emergency and a nationwide curfew throughout Ecuador, all of it imposed by the president, Daniel Noboa. What impact, by the way, has the state of emergency and the curfew had on quelling the violence? Well, look, Joe, you know, I think that what we're seeing here is an unprecedented uh, violence that has uh, threatened Ecuador, uh, Ecuador's democracy here. Um, you know, Ecuador was uh, one of the most peaceful uh, countries in South America. Uh, look, my parents are there. Uh, I used to visit Ecuador every year. I have family there. Uh, to me, what we're seeing right now uh, is truly saddening and alarming uh, at the crisis that we're facing here. Uh, what I have done is talk to the Council General, 
uh, here in New York and also the ambassador in Washington. Uh, we've discussed some of the things that have been going on in Ecuador. The United States has uh, reached out uh, and Ecuador has uh, accepted the support uh, that the government is uh, giving them uh, because what we want to do is make sure that we're stabilizing uh, the country here. Um, and I think a lot of this stems from uh, what happened a few years ago mm -hmm. when the uh, military bases from uh, the United States uh, were removed uh, from Ecuador with the previous uh, president. And what we saw there was it created that destabilization. We had uh, a port city of Manta, which is one of the cities that has been plagued with uh, the gang violence that we're seeing right here. Um, once they left, it really created this big vacuum and allowed a lot of the narcos to come into Ecuador and use that as a transport city between uh, Colombia, Venezuela, yeah. uh, and Mexico. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Are, are schools and government offices back open? Because I know they were closed for a while. Yeah, uh, well, uh, they're, they're, the government offices are back open. The schools are actually operating remotely. Um, this is from uh, as of today when I spoke with uh, the ambassador uh, who did, told me that they're operating remotely. The, the military has taken control of the situation. Uh, they are still looking for uh, the uh, uh, the narco that, that escaped from prison. Uh, but they've gotten uh, the prison back in order. Uh, I think they're bringing all of this back here because we need to create a safe uh, place for people to live uh, mm -hmm. and go to work and go to school and, and be able to operate uh, freely here. And I think that, you know, talking to family members back home, yeah. uh, they were very scared and we were very concerned, uh, myself and, uh, and all, for their safety because this was just random acts of violence that we've never seen before. Yep. That, uh, that gang leader. Ago, we saw the assassination of a, of a candidate who yeah. was running for president. That gang leader, I think there was video of him that we just showed. His name is Adolfo Macias. How does he wield so much power from behind bars, Francisco? Well, look, you know, I think that this is exactly what we're seeing um, when the narcos start controlling uh, areas like South America in these third world countries where the economy has been destabilized, where uh, money buys them power, buys them access. Uh, you see that in Mexico. You saw how it was when El Chapo was able to escape prison. Uh, this is a common thing in, 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 in these parts of the world where narcos have taken over. Um, but I think the most important thing here is that we start looking at how uh, the United States can really help uh, bring uh, and stabilize uh, an ally yeah. in uh, the Latin America. All right. Sit tight. We've got a couple more questions for you, especially about the community here in New York. When we come back, more on the violence and the unrest in Ecuador. Still ahead on Tiempo, a small business boom by Latino entrepreneurs. It's happening across the country. It's happening in our area as well. We'll talk to the Small Business Administration about the trend and what's behind it. The details straight ahead. Welcome back to Tiempo. We've been taking a close look at the chaos and the unrest in Ecuador. A wave of violence and terrorism has plagued the South American nation in recent weeks. In one case, 
armed gunmen stormed a live television broadcast as the nation there watched in horror. Here to give us insight on what's happening in his home country, our good friend, New York City Council Member Francisco Moya. How big is the population, Ecuadorian American, here in the New York City metropolitan area? I think it's the largest, right, in the country? It's the largest outside of, of Ecuador. It's 35% of the population uh, is here in New York. Over 420,000 Ecuadorians live here in the city of New York, and most of them reside uh, in the borough of Queens, in the district that I represent. In what way can people here in New York help their, their brothers, their sisters, their moms and dads who are in the midst of this violence back home? Yeah, look, you know, we've been working uh, very closely with the council general's uh, office here and, and also been reaching out to the mayor's office. But, you know, I think a lot of this comes from federal assistance that can help uh, the country that's in need. Uh, we've they have numbers that they can access through the council general that has opened up a uh, direct line to the counselor here uh, that needs to if you need to connect with family members that you haven't heard of uh, heard from or you know have questions about uh, the ongoing violence that's taking place there you could call that uh, number directly uh, and someone will uh, help uh, connect you with the family member uh, and give you updates of what's going on uh, but also I think that the federal government really needs to step in here uh, and can truly help uh, by stabilizing the economy uh, in Ecuador that will stop a lot of the the violence uh, that's happening here right now. I suspect that you and many other people want to perhaps jump on a plane and head south and head home. Is it wise to travel to Ecuador right now? Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, right now it, it, it's it's been it's been stabilized. The airports are open. Uh, everything is coming back to normal again. I think the, the, the worst of it is over now. Uh, and I think what we want to really uh, tell the public is that look, Ecuador and its people are uh, a very uh, uh, passive, very peaceful uh, nation that we live in. Uh, we're not gonna be deterred by uh, the violence that we're seeing right now by uh, these gangs that have taken over. Uh, we are very hopeful that uh, a lot of support that has come globally uh, to Ecuador to help them throughout this crisis uh, is really going to help uh, bring back the stability uh, and the peace that we've always known and loved. Uh, tourism is a very big uh, industry. I was just going to uh, ask you about that. Has this violence impacted tourism? Yeah. Because you talked about the economy and the impact. That is a big, big industry in Ecuador. Yeah, it's the number one industry uh, in, in, in Ecuador. Uh, most people are employed by uh, tourism and hospitality. Uh, the importance of, of what that means to a country that's already struggling economically, uh, we want to resolve this quickly because it's the most beautiful country in South America. And I may be biased, Joe, but uh, look, I, I was able to, to grow up uh, and spend time uh, in Ecuador. My family's still over there. Uh, we have the Galapagos Islands. Yep. We have the Andes Mountains. We have the Amazon jungle. Beautiful place places to come and visit. Uh, we don't want that to be deterred uh, by the violence that we're seeing here right now. We've got about 30 seconds left. President Daniel Noboa, I think he took office, what, two months ago. He was just elected yeah. in November. In your opinion, and based on what you know about him and his leadership, is he capable of, of, of ending the violence and restoring order there in this in this country of 18 million people? 
Yeah, look, you know, I, I really hope so. I, I think we have to give him a lot of support um, taking over uh, a country in just two months and facing this uh, kind of violence. Uh, this kind of state of emergency uh, is is something very serious. Uh, but I think he's done a, a very good job okay. uh, in reaching out to the uh, countries and especially with the United States to reestablish uh, the relationships that uh, we want to have uh, with the United States and uh, the country of Ecuador. Francisco Moya, un placer, as always. Thank you so much. A lot of thoughts, lots of prayers with you and the good people of Ecuador. Thanks for being with us on Tiempo. Coming up next on the show, a small business boom fueled by Latino entrepreneurs. We'll talk to the Small Business Administration about the trend and what's really behind it. Stay with us. Perhaps you've seen it, a small business boom generated and fueled by people of color across the country. And Latino entrepreneurs are at the very center of that growth. How is this happening? Well, the Small Business Administration has taken some significant steps to increase access to capital programs, and Latinos are taking advantage. Here with us this morning, Marlene Cintron. She's the regional administrator for the Small Business Administration and proud Boricua from the Bronx as well. Good to have you. Feliz Año Nuevo. Gracias. Some of the numbers that you and your staff sent my way are absolutely eye-opening. Can you shed some light for, for our viewers on the economic input of Latinos in the labor force and beyond? Uh, well, first of all, uh, for the last three years, mm -hmm. we have had an astounding growth of small business applications or business applications across the board. So okay. uh, 16 million brand new businesses across the nation, uh, at least 25% of those mm -hmm. happen to be Latino owned and about 94% of those are now new women business owners. <laughs> and so, um, so there's a lot to look at there, but mm -hmm. also know that if Latino businesses yeah. were considered a country, they would come in in fifth place in front of France, the United Kingdom, and India because of all of the output, economic output that they do here in the United That's States. That's some business power right yes, there. Yes, it is. To what do you attribute that rapid growth? Well, it has to do with our numbers, first of all. Uh, we are very rapidly becoming the majority minority here in the nation, mm -hmm. um, just as importantly, when you open up your own business, you don't necess necessarily need to learn a lot of English. Mm -hmm. uh, you usually start in your community, in your home base, and as a result, you look to see what niche you can fill in mm -hmm. your own community, and you start a business, and, and then that's how you start. So language, um, what has been difficult has been access to capital, and yep. I think that's something that we did very well. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, some of the changes that you made that made it a little easier to access yep. that capital. Immigration, is that having an impact on the statistics that you just talked about with the growth? I just see Latinos coming in that want to establish una panaderia, salón de belleza, whatever it might be. Um, the answer is yes. Uh, again, uh, some of them may not necessarily have their papers or papeles. Okay. And so um, we urge them to understand that we will, we will reach you where you are. Mm -hmm. You do not need a social security number. What you need is an ITIN, which is a tax number from the federal government mm -hmm. for your business. And we will show you how to apply for that. We will show you how to open up a business. We will give you all of the best practices, all of our knowledge, mm -hmm. and we urge you to start and start contributing uh, some of the ganancias to the f and report it so that when you do become mm -hmm. uh, a citizen or you're about to become a citizen, you can prove to them that you will not be a ward of the nation. It sounds like 
you're holding their hand throughout the process, even before the process starts. You're there at the beginning we're, and, and we, all along the way. We will do that and we do it. And, and it's not just, you know, because we're interested in them. We're kind of motiv motivated also. Understood. No, okay? let's make because, that full disclosure. Know, there's, there's taxes that are going to be paid to the federal mm -hmm. government. And so as a result, everybody wins when you do that because mm -hmm. you're, no, you're no longer fearful. You're no longer doing borrowing from prestamistas. Let's and you're learning back. how to do it the right way. I want to get back to something that you mentioned before, before I lose sight of it. Women are driving much of the small business growth. Yes, absolutely. Where are the men? You know, why, why aren't they in higher number? Well, it's new businesses that we're talking about. So chances are that uh, some of the men and most of the men have their own businesses already. Established. Um, okay. And are working for others. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly, if you are the mother of a young child and you are homebound for a number of years mm -hmm. before the baby goes to daycare, it gives you the opportunity to start a business in your home. Okay. Um, you got about 30 seconds. Give me a quick example of one that you've seen, which is typical of what happens when a woman applies. Um, it, when a woman applies, it's very easy. First of all, you just go online. You mm -hmm. go to sba.gov. You let them know what you're interested in doing, mm -hmm. and you will get... You'll get information. Yes, back. you'll start the ball rolling. All right, we'll pick it up when we come back from the break. We'll talk about an example, which is an example that happens time after time after time. Stay with us more on the Latino small business boom across the country and here in our area when Tiempo comes right back. Welcome back to Tiempo. We're in the midst of a small business boom fueled by people of color across the country. Latino entrepreneurs are at the very center of that growth. Why is it happening? Why is it happening now? Well, part of the reason might be the steps taken by the Small Business Administration, steps that boost access to some helpful capital programs. Marlene Sintrong is the Regional Administrator for the Small Business Administration. Walk me one or two, through one or two of the changes that the SBA made that makes it easier for Latino entrepreneurs to get capital. Well, first of all, President Biden made this a priority for us. Mm -hmm. so we were told, go to the historically underserved and make sure that they have access to capital. Okay, so what do you do? So second of all, we changed the rules. We told the banks, less paperwork, uh, less reporting. We want you to get in there and make more loans. Mm -hmm. And then we made, we gave out more licenses to financial institutions who at that period of time, mm -hmm. you know, were not lending SBA money. And then the last thing is that we put everything on a website. <sighs> And how soon after you made those changes did, did you see it go like this, boop, spike? Almost from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, we, well, this administration started during the pandemic. And so that, with all of the bad news, came the good news. They found out who SBA was. Mm -hmm. They found us and we found them. Yes. And so it worked out exponentially for everyone. Do you think that those numbers that you pointed out and what's been happening really does destroy the myth that Latinos are a drag, if you will, on the U.S. economy. It seems just the opposite, that Latinos are lifting up the U.S. economy in many Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. Case in point, we have over 5 million Latino-owned businesses in the United States, and they contribute on a yearly basis $8 billion mm. to our economy. So I think we're okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're not a strain on social services. They're not stealing jobs. It's not living off welfare. That's not the case at all. And they're innovative and they're community-minded, and they work with each other. Mm -hmm. If somebody's watching, 
and they're thinking about kicking off their business, or perhaps they have an established business, yes. but they want to take it to the next level. What's the step that they can take? They could go on SBA.gov mm -hmm. if they're Spanish dominant. On the top right-hand side, it says Espanol. Just press that button. Okay. And the whole website turns into Spanish. The other thing is that we have women business uh, opportunity centers, veteran opportunity mm -hmm. centers. We have everything in that website, and we speak all of our, all these languages. We urge you to do it. Y por ejemplo, if I want help on, I don't know, uh, sales and marketing, uh, promotion, uh, digital advertising, is all that... We have all of our products and services are essentially free of charge. Mm -hmm. And so we provide mentors, retired CEOs, CFOs, CIOs, every, all of the advice that we can give you mm -hmm. from experts in the field, not from us, but from experts who have retired and want to give back, they're there. And you can choose two, three, four as many as you need and want on a weekly, monthly, annual basis. So you can literally cherry pick. It's like going food shopping, right? Yes, I mean, and all for free. <laughs> it's a great buffet, and it's all you can eat. I also want to add the fact that we also help you to grow, mm -hmm. because what we need with the president's uh, focus on making sure that things are made in America again, mm -hmm. yes. so that we no longer rely on people who are not as interested in us as we should be, mm -hmm. and what we're going to make we're going to help you do is grow so that we can buy products and services mm -hmm. that are made in America. So it's an opportunity for Latinos even more. That's fantastic news, Marlene. Thank you so much. SBA.gov. All yes. the information there in English. Y hablamos español. Qué bueno. Muchas gracias. Before we go today, we have been watching closely, as you know, the migrant crisis. And there are now curfews in place at some of New York City's migrant respite centers. Curfews similar to those in effect at city-run homeless shelters. Well, the curfews came about after some people who live near those centers complained about migrants coming into their communities looking for handouts. In fact, a homeowner in Bell Harbor, Queens, released doorbell video of a needy migrant asking for money. While the policy move impacts roughly 1,900 asylum seekers in four locations, but city leaders do point out they will consider expanding the curfews to many of the shelters across the five boroughs. An individual who violates the curfew three times within a 30-day period could be locked out, but this is important. There are passes available for the many migrants who work at night. Finalmente, Tiempo is now a podcast. How about that? You can listen to this show and all the future episodes on the go. You just want to search Tiempo with Joe Torres wherever you get your podcast or simply scan the QR code that you see there on the screen. Que bueno. That'll do it for this week's show. Wow, we covered a lot of ground today. I hope you learned something. Thanks again for spending part of your Sunday con nosotros. Appreciate it. I'm Joe Torres. We'll see you next time for another edition of Tiempo.